0: What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the Monday Morning Blues. I'm your host, Christian Hansen. As always, I hope everyone had a great holiday. I know I sure did. Uh, it was phenomenal. I had a great time. My brother, his wife, and his five kids visited for the holidays. It was absolutely phenomenal. Ten times better than Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving was great. Obviously, it was just my mom, my sister, dad, and myself. Um, but why I say Christmas was phenomenal and, and felt much better was because it felt it felt normal. Um, it was a, any any bit of normalcy in the year of twenty twenty is great. I mean, isn't it? Exactly. I I know you're you're shaking your head, going, "Yes, of course it is," and it's the truth. I mean, it's been a shit year uh, from from start to finish, honestly. But this was a great way to kind of end it. We still got. a you know a week and yeah almost a full week left um but yeah uh it was just phenomenal it really really felt amazing and I'm just bummed that it's kind of over with they leave tomorrow morning and uh it's gonna suck but you know all good things come to an end right cliche but you get it anyway yeah it just pisses me off that they're leaving but hey you know what they got a life of their own. they got to get back home and move on. They're moving into a new home, which is kind of exciting. So that's exciting for them, and I'm looking forward to visiting them. They're moving down to Norfolk, Virginia from Annapolis, Maryland, moving down a little bit further south. But uh, yeah, I I really had a a phenomenal Christmas, and really hope you all did too. I know a lot of people out there couldn't enjoy it or uh, maybe, you know, didn't have... The, the money to, to have the Christmas that you may have wanted to have because of this horrible pandemic going on. Uh, I'm very fortunate enough to have a job and work. I know there are many people out here who are, haven't been working for nine months, ten months. Um, I, so, I mean, this is a very tough time for you, and I, I can't even imagine what it is that you're going through. Um, it's very tough. It really is. I mean, the numbers don't lie in this country. It's really alarming to to see where we are as as a nation. You know, I mean, people are starving to death. I mean, I, I saw these food lines the other day on the news, and I just my heart breaks. I mean, it's they they've even said that historically this is the worst it's ever been since the Great Depression. Um, it's a very dark time. So anyone out there who has a job. Who complains about it saying, Oh, this job sucks. Stop it. Stop it right now. And in turn, I'm speaking to myself as I say this as well. Because, yeah, my day job, I don't like it, but hey, I have a job in the middle of a pandemic when millions and millions and millions of people are suffering and starving to death and are unable to put food on the plates for their families. So I can't complain. God is good, certainly. But uh, prayers to all those who are struggling right now. If there's anything that I can do to help, let me know, please. I, I will do anything and everything in my power to, to help. And I wholeheartedly mean that. Um, email me. Emails on our website, you can go to www.themondaymorningblues.com. You'll find it there. It's just my first name, christian at themondaymorningblues.com. Or if you want, just send it to our general email, which is Blues at gmail.com. Or message me on any social media platform where we are located. Seriously, do so, and I'd be glad to help, whatever it is. Obviously, if you're seeking a million dollars, can't help you there, but uh, you get the point. Uh, I'm here for you because you've been here for me for the whole year you've supported me you've gotten me this far the least I can do is give it back because that's what I mean that's what it's all about right paying it forward and you know giving it back it's a season of giving right exactly but uh, today's guest is the great uh, Othman Wahabi incredible Just absolutely incredible blues musician. I uh, came across him on YouTube back in March, yeah it was around March actually, when I was looking at covers of the ever so amazing song Catfish Blues and I came across his rendition of it and I was hooked ever since. I kept tabs on him back in March and boom, here we are and I finally got the chance to speak to him. So he is a Montreal based Moroccan Canadian blues artist. As I said, his name is Othman Wahabi. His new album comes out January 15, 2021, called The Blues Whisper. I was fortunate enough to take a full listen at it before it's released. He was so kind enough to send me a handful of copies to take a listen to before Christmas, and I did, and it it is phenomenal. So be sure to check that out when it comes out. It will be available on all streaming platforms. However, I do recommend that you go to bandcamp.com where you can buy it from there. Why Bandcamp? Because Bandcamp has a great platform similar to that of Dweezil Zappa's website that he built called Reward Music where it is built around the artist and for the artist. Bandcamp really takes care of the artist and helps allocate the funds directly towards them so they can profit and make money off all the music that they create. So I'd recommend choosing Bandcamp or the platform of choice when checking out the great Althman Wahhabi's new record, The Blues Whisperer, which releases January 15, 2021. Or if you'd like, you can message him on social media where I'll have the links in the description below. And you can check it out there, message him and get a hard copy as well. Like I said, he's a Moroccan Canadian singer-songwriter, guitarist, multi-instrumentalist, and music producer who has carved his own niche in the blues genre. Best known for his slide guitar work, versatile vocals, and electric trance blues records, he's internationally recognized and has been featured on many prestigious publications, websites, and radio shows, including the ever-so-famous Blues Show with Sirius Matthews on the BBC Two Radio. Yeah, he was on the show today, Othman Wahabi. I had so much fun with him. We talked for almost an hour. It was just great. I I really, really enjoyed this conversation, and you're gonna listen to it right now on the show, the Monday Morning Blues with your host, Christian Hansen. Without further ado, my interview with the great Othman (laughs) Wahabi. First and foremost, obviously, uh, you know, musician in, in the time of uh, a crisis. Obviously, you're in a you're in a better better country uh, as far as handling goes of this thing. But uh, yes. how have you <laughs> much better? How, how have you how have you how have you been doing with everything like this uh, as a musician?
1: Well, uh or well look i mean i i can't complain uh i uh, i mean i music i do play music mm-hmm. but i also have have a a job on the side sure. so that so i make sure to provide for my family and stuff like that i mean it's been always you know mostly play blues music so it's very hard for artists anyway i mean with or without pandemic right it's very hard to make a living mm-hmm. uh, with your music right now but i mean so far right now it's I know that some people have it really have really tough times mm. but I can't complain. I mean, I've been creating a lot of music. Yeah. Uh, I released like I don't know like three records within a year. I know it's uh, insane. You know, I mean, it's just playing all the time, all the time all the time. Mm. And it's been very a uh, very productive year for me.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, it's and what you did you sent me the copy of your your new album uh, coming out on the yeah. 15th January, of January January. That was uh that was quite a surprise i really appreciated you doing that um and the nice thing though because I've, I've listened to your your earlier stuff too i actually found you on youtube a while back um and i was looking for covers of catfish blues and uh i don't think i've i i mean i think your your cover is probably in my opinion better than the original but that's just me i mean i feel like that that video um that thing kind of blew up for you were you kind of surprised as to uh i mean how how many hits that, that that ended up getting
1: oh yeah I mean it was uh, what happened is like i i always loved that song sure yeah and I loved all the versions of that song and mm. all that so uh I just decided to write my own my own thing and I just played it so when i launched the video mm. um, i remember like within six months i like oh, like i had like a million views and uh and also like i had like the single out so mm-hmm. it was like on streaming platforms and stuff like that so i got a lot of copies sold everywhere and uh, people were like all like i mean i was getting like interviews and uh people really offering, like, gigs wow. and stuff so uh yeah so it's very good and I'm i did another version that's more because the first one was more like inspired by the movie black snake moon so uh, yeah it got a lot said, of gary clark
0: jr vibes to it
1: yeah, the second one was more bluesy, mm-hmm. and also like uh, people love it too as sure. well. So it's it's more bluesy uh, lyrically. I changed a little bit the lyrics and stuff like that to fit more my artistic view at the time. Mm-hmm. But both versions are uh, are, are I mean I, I love them both, and also in every show I do, it's pretty much I start my shows with that song.
0: Oh, you start it with that song? Oh, yeah, wow. yeah,
1: everybody knows me with Catfish Blues, so that's yeah.
0: it. Yeah, I remember I reached out to you about using that for, for the show and I did I did it for a, a couple of the episodes and then I was like, you know what? Like this is a this is a really really good song, but at the same time I was like, you know what? I wanted to come out with something um, a little bit more, I don't know, heavier to kind of get people in because I can listen to that all day, but yeah. I was like I want to I wanted something a little bit different and that's why I stopped using it. Um, but still, to, that you're, that's my ringtone. Not gonna lie, I did set that as that. So, um, absolutely love what you did there. Um, you nice. know, and like I like I always say to everyone who comes on too is, you know, how the blues found you, um, because I know for me, I'm I'll be 25 in April, and all my friends who love the blues are in their 60s. <coughs> I, I have no friends that are within my age range that that like the music that I do. So, um, I always have to ask you know how, how did the blues find you i know your dad was a big time music lover in the house from jazz reggae and rock and roll records like that um Absolutely, yeah. what was the first exposure for you that really stuck
1: well i mean uh like 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 you said it i mean i was born in, in sure in, in the blues so uh when i i remember when i was like when i was a kid my dad used to play all kind of records mm-hmm. but we had also a lot of blues playing in the house right. so my dad loved uh, artists like B.B. King, uh, I mean, um, Altis Rush and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But then what happened is actually, uh, I'm sorry, my daughter's screaming. It's okay, man. So, no <laughs> so actually what happened is uh, I, I strayed a little bit apart from that music mm-hmm. and I discovered metal actually as a teenager. Oh, wow, yeah. uh, at 12 years old, I discovered Metallica. There you so go. that changed my life. And I knew I wanted to play music because, I mean, I remember uh, just to skip for, but before that, mm-hmm. I uh, I watched uh, Live in Venice by Pink Floyd. I was oh, like wow. eight years old. And I was like blown away by David Gilmore solos and singing and stuff. So I said, you know what? That's what I want to do in my life. So people would be asking my friends at school, what do you want to become? So some say become a doctor, pilot. Right. Me, I always wanted to be a musician. So what happened after I discovered Metallica, and of course at the same time also i was listening to some nirvana grunge scene you know was coming out and mm-hmm. stuff like that so i started playing so i put a band together were like the first heavy heavy trash metal band in morocco because i was born mm-hmm. in morocco and so we did a few shows and stuff like that i started singing because i couldn't find a singer that could do what i wanted to do right. so i started singing and playing guitar at the same time and i was i said you know if James Setfield from Metallica can do it. If David Gilmore can do it, I can can do it. So then I played metal for for a few years. Then after that, I I had like a blues rock band. So for me, my my blues thing was more rock and roll. So I listened to a lot of Johnny Winter and stuff like that. So we played in a band uh, that was doing covers, blues rock covers. Then I came to Canada in 2005 played with some bands, local bands, rock bands and stuff like that. Then I was like fed up with playing with people because people are not serious. You know, I mean, you want to rehearse, people don't, yeah. don't show up, stuff like that. I said, I'm going to stop all this. Then I went to a uh, uh, the Jazz Fest in Montreal.
0: Oh boy. There was
1: a musician called Steve Hill. I don't know if you heard of him. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. He's, a, uh, he's a rock blues artist, but he had like mm-hmm. an album where he played um, solo. So he played like with guitar. And he played as a one-man band. band. Mm -hmm. I was like, hey, this dude just sounds awesome. And he was like playing with a bottleneck. And also, I didn't even know how to play with a slide, like a slide guitar. So I met him after the show. He was very cool. He bought a copy of his CD. He signed it. We talked a little bit. I went home. I couldn't sleep that night. I was like, hey, I want to do that. But when am I going to start? So then I went, uh, woke up in the morning, went, I bought a uh, bottleneck, came in, came, came home, came back home. And I started trying to play, but I couldn't it's make hard. anything sound like that. And then one of my friends that was with me at that show, uh-huh. he's like a metal, uh, has a metal band in Morocco and he wasn't living in Montreal for, for a while. He said, uh, you know, I think he played in open tuning. So I think you have to do open tuning on your guitar. And that's what it started. Yeah. I couldn't stop playing. I started playing like all kinds of classics. And, oh, wow. and then I dig very deep, deep, deep into blues, into Delta blues. So went back to Robert Johnson, Son House, stuff like that. And I was like, whoa.
0: Magic the Slim. Very,
1: like, I mean, for me, at, at one point, I was listening to Robert Johnson. Yeah. And I found his music was more powerful than Slayer. I was like, whoa, wow. something is, like, I feel yeah. like I feel his haunting voice. And and it was very dark and his, he could feel the music. Sure. So that's when I started playing Alone. Mm. I started like touring. You know, locally in Canada, playing like with my guitar, my bottleneck. People love that sound. Got me a, re- a resonator guitar, like started like playing around. Then I did also some, some records like Catfish Blues, like that are like blues rock because mm. I still, to this day, I still love mixing uh, rock with blues. But then my blues journey really started when I saw that show. And I mean, since 2012, let's say, I only played blues music, and I only like listened to blues music, really? and and from there I discovered artists like um, uh, John Hammond Jr., uh, like Ray Cooter. Mm-hmm. The funny part about Ray Cooter is that when I was a kid, my dad loved the uh, loved Mickey Rourke, the actor,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and uh, I was I was young actually. I, I don't I don't know if I ha- like if, if I was at the age the proper age to watch the movie he made me watch, but
0: mm-hmm. it was a
1: movie called Johnny Handsome. And it's, it's in New Orleans. It's Mickey Rourke. There was like Morgan Freeman and stuff like that. Wow. The music was by Ry I And I was a kid. I was like listening to all that, watching that movie. And the music was like getting my brain and my heart. And then when I started composing music later in my life, I was playing my slide. And I was like, hey, I play like Ry Because when I was a kid, I was exposed to Ry without knowing right. it. So I watched all those movies with his soundtracks and I didn't know. And so that's the rest is history actually,
0: so. No, that's crazy. I mean, that's that's an incredible story too. And now you, you obviously, you said you grew up in Morocco. What was, I mean, besides from your dad's music collection, was it, I mean, was, it, was the genre of you know choice or prevalence over there, was it strongly blues? Uh,
1: well, actually pretty much classic rock.
0: Just classic rock, yeah. Yeah, because
1: you know Morocco in the 70s was a hippie hub
0: Mm-hmm.
1: so a lot of hippies well, uh, lived there uh jimmy Hendrix is to go there to play with the gnawa which is oh, wow. our moroccan blues actually so mm-hmm. uh it's like slave music and stuff like that interesting and uh and f- from that time that we we had that heritage of classic rock blues so people listen to a lot of led zeppelin right we were like in morocco people were exposed to i mean jimmy Hendrix, cream led zeppelin and all that so i mean music was always part of like in Morocco, we a lot of people know music. I mean, even sometimes you go to remote areas. I remember I went I went down south, and uh, uh, it was like a coffee or a coffee shop or something. Mm-hmm. And I went inside, and they had like pictures from like Jimmy Hendrix pictures and Bob Marley and stuff like that. Oh, wow. I was like, whoa, these people made it this deep. I mean, it's, it's almost close to the Sahara, you know. I mean, and that's, that's the thing. So we were exposed to music in Morocco oh, um, yeah. in, I mean, when I was growing up, it slowed down a little bit, but thanks to uh, satellites, we were catching a lot of music from MTV. You know, I was too I used to watch Hitbangers Balls. I used to watch VH1 Classic. So all that music, so people, my, my dad had records, but I, there was videos I've never seen. Mm-hmm. But with the satellite, I was able to catch up on that, mm-hmm. watch all the videos. And at the same time, we're, like, the my generation, we were the ones that really put rock and roll back in the map. I mean, today in Morocco, mm-hmm. there's a lot of rock. There's a lot of blues. I mean, the, the rock scene is a huge. We have uh, a festival called the, uh, the Boulevard. Uh, hmm. We played the first, uh, the second edition. Now, I mean, they're, like, maybe, like, the 15th edition or something. But uh, they are, uh, they have, like, big bands play there. So, I mean, Sepultura, stuff like that, rock bands. Mm -hmm. And the blues also, we have a festival called Jazzablanca that also gets a lot of blues artists. We had like B.B. King play in Morocco. Oh, interesting. Uh, I, and, and it was, I mean, I guess a free show. Uh, you know, it was like a festival, a free festival. So you can go and, and watch B.B. King play. Oh, so, yeah, that's uh, nice. And so that's it. Yeah, so a lot of people don't don't know that. But uh, I mean, in Morocco, people really dig music. And, mm. uh, and uh, growing up there, I had no problem finding the music or playing the music. I had like bands. I did TV appearances. I mean, it was, it was very cool.
0: Yeah, no, for yeah. sure. I, I I think that's quite interesting to be honest with you. But um, I I find it interesting. You mentioned that you know all you listen to is just blues. You play blues. All you I mean, I've I love the blues more than anything. But like I can't like I went through a stretch where that's all I listened to, and then I just had to stop because I felt like I had a hard time trying to discover more music. Like I, I felt like it was too too stressful of a process sitting there trying to take in all the stuff. How do you do it? Because at some point it's just like anything. When you if you keep doing it, you eventually you're gonna you're gonna I don't know, I, I've kind of lost not interest in it, but I just had to switch to and listen to something else just so I don't drown myself in it.
1: Well, I mean the thing is for me is I don't do it that much anymore. Sure. So I don't listen just to blues, but at one point when I discovered when I, what I meant That's by saying that just to blues to was it. that 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 period of time discovered. when I just discovered yeah. the blues, so I had to keep going. Sure. And uh, I mean, I was like going to the blues until I reached back to Africa, yeah, uh, West Africa. So I watched the uh, that makes sense. Uh, That's so the, the, yeah. the documentary, the Martin Scorsese documentary where he takes the blues back home and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And but at the same time. I always loved other kind of mu- other styles of music, mm. and for me, as a blues artist today, I hear the blues in everything. Oh, I it's used. in everything, yeah. absolutely. So, uh, yeah, so that's why I believe my albums are pretty eclectic. Like, I mean. If you're like a blues like you just like traditional blues sure. there's some records of mine that you won't enjoy i mean i have records going from ethnic fusion to oh it's uh, very diverse. jazz to uh, to punk rock to i mean i play everything and i listen to everything mm-hmm. it's just that the blues is my main thing i mean when i feel uh sad i go to the blues when i'm happy i go back to the blues but of course i always listen to everything mm-hmm. jazz music also is a big part of my influence uh and like i said rock and roll and that's why on my record that i sent you i wrote i, I don't like labels but i like i i had to write that i play trans blues on that record mm-hmm. and blues yeah music. it's right
0: on so, the front trans yeah. blues
1: yeah because what happened to the trans blues thing is that i've been playing like linear blues where you know like you stay on the same notes it's like yeah, 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 yeah. thing, and people were digging it but I, I didn't know what to call it then i stumbled into uh, uh music from artist taylor so i was like hey this dude plays i mean i play like him so that's the style i want to play trans mm-hmm. blues because mm-hmm. why first of all it's a very versatile and eclectic style sure. so you can mm-hmm. introduce every kind of music i also like uh ambient sounds experimental stuff electronic things so i try to put that in my music but at the same time keep the rawness of blues right. but like i said i mean i just don't listen to blues i mean i I'm i'm open to everything i listen to everything i mean everything
0: yeah, no, for sure. No, uh,
1: no, no borders.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, 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 I, I got that. You know, the thing I found interesting, though, is when you said you got that slide guitar, the bottleneck, uh, you start screwing around with that. I, mean, I have I have a slide. I don't know how the heck to use that. I mean, I've tried several times. What, What is it that you have to do to that? You almost have to, like, raise the action up a little bit higher to make it easier, or, I mean, I have no clue how to play that.
1: Well, I, I mean, look, there is... Uh, first of all there is like i mean for the tuning there's sure. different open tunings that yeah. you can play with it's frustrating uh and yeah so as long as you do like an open tuning like let's say you are in open g or open d uh-huh. or whatever you'll be able to uh, you just have to slide it down you will feel the blues coming yeah. out and the rest i mean i sometimes when i play or i write music i don't uh, i keep it simple mm-hmm. so and i just try if i feel it i think it's good
0: yeah for sure and
1: that's it honestly i don't really think about it i think it's it's pretty uh natural for me mm-hmm. uh, the fact that not only i grew up in a in a household where music was played all the time but to, from my background also like i had a grandfather that played pretty much maybe 11 instruments or something Holy like that cow. i mean i have uh, my my ancestors came came from mali mm. to morocco as slaves so we have a lot of uh folkloric or cultural like a traditional music that's really similar to the blues Mm -hmm. I mean and for me I was exposed to that I remember I'll be like sitting and my grandmother will be baking bread and she'll be like just mumbling with her mouth and and the blues was coming out wow so for me when I play blues it's really uh, not only playing the music but it's also a connection to my to my Ancestors to and that's what I love about it. And honestly, I don't really think about what I do. I just pay.
0: you just do it, yeah, yeah. Because I, I think once it. you start to think about it, then you start to. It's just like songwriting. You you can never write down on a planner saying, "Today I'm gonna write. I'm gonna do songwriting for two hours." Because you're gonna force yourself for that two hour period to try and yeah. get stuff out, and it's that's something that just happens. You're not you're gonna lose yourself and frustrate Absolutely. yourself by doing that because you mm-hmm. literally can't say, "I'm gonna songwrite for two hours." So that uh, stuff happens. When it happens, it just happens. You can't force yourself to do it.
1: Yes. I mean, sometimes I'll be just like playing around my guitar and like I play a note and I feel the goosebumps. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's the right one. Sure. That's what I need to do. And uh, so I try to to keep it natural. I also when I was like young teenager, like um, a metalhead, mm-hmm. I never liked uh, shredders, you know, like guitarists. like, like Inve, in lunch yeah, and all that. I, I mean, I mean, look, there was. Uh, guitar heroes that I love, like Joe Satriani,
0: hey, uh, Van
1: Halen, Uh I mean, because I, they have the blues. Sure. You feel the blues when they play, but when they are too much classical for me. I mean, I love classical music, but but not as much as the blues. I, I want that blues feel, and that's why I discovered Metallica and stuff like that. And I believe Kirk Hammett. It, I don't think he's like a, a great guitar player, but he has the he, he gives the songs what they need. Mm. And that's the, the 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 thing I apply myself. I don't think I'm a great guitarist. I just think I'm a musician, an artist, sure. and I create. But I don't. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I don't. I don't think about it too much. Or look, I need to to do this, or I need to shred this, or I need to scare the, the people I'm playing in front of, so I can see how fast I am. And mm. never, I was never interested in that. Never I faced Just wanted to feel the music.
0: Yeah, gotcha. Now you started playing uh, live at around 15.
1: I believe it was yeah, yeah my first show yeah was uh, 1998 i believe 1998. and we played like was like pure trash metal we had like we played like a first we opened for a band uh-huh. local band in morocco and we played three original songs oh, wow. and uh, a cover from metallica called from whom the bell tolls and i mean people are literally crazy about us because we're like young mm-hmm. My best friend is the drum was the drummer. He still drums today. He plays in a in a punk rock band, a uh, oh, nice. French punk rock band called Crap Boca, they tour around Europe and stuff like that. But when we started, he was so small, you couldn't see him behind the drums. <laughs> and it was we were like, people were going crazy. People were like, hey, don't stop playing, don't stop playing. So then we kept going and we kept like discovering, going like more and more into trash metal, death yeah. metal and all that. But then uh the same time what happened is my best friend, uh, Dino, the drummer, his uncle was living in New York. So he used to come for a visit to Morocco and stuff like that. And he knew we, we liked the music. He right. knew we were playing and stuff like that. So he brought us a, uh, a little collection of CDs, maybe like nine, eight or nine blues CDs. He was a big blues fan. Nice. And he's like, hey, most of the CDs I bought them from the Ap uh, the Apollo, you know, in New York. I was like, what is it talking about? What you is that? Like that yeah. yeah, so we got the uh, we got the records. He he brought like Johnny Winter, uh, I think the album was called Let Me In. He brought uh, uh, Jolly Hooker, Mr. Lucky. And B.B. King, I forgot the name. There's Probably
0: Live at the Apollo. Lifetime something, yeah.
1: But what happened is, and, uh, and Albert King. So uh, I think phone booth or something like that. So when we listened to that those records, I, mean, I was we were into metal. But at the same time, we love Pink Floyd and stuff like right. that. But those mm-hmm. records were something, man. That's That uh, Johnny Winter's album, Let Me In, has a song called Hard Times. Bro, I mean... We're listening to that song. We're like, we're almost crying.
0: It's yeah. like, what wow. is
1: this? So we start to introducing. Uh, sometimes we'll play shows and we'll cover Johnny Winter, and people's like, whoa, what's going on? I mean, are they a metal band or are they a blues band or what are they? And uh, but we loved everything. I mean, we loved that. But but those those albums were also like played a big role in me being a blues artist today as well. So uh, I mean, I forgot to talk to you about it in the beginning, but no, about it now. I mean, they were they were a big big inspiration. Big inspiration
0: for me. Yeah, no. I i totally get it. I mean, you see, there's a lot of musicians out there right now. Um, I mean I wouldn't consider them blues, but uh more southern rock now. But the the Sons of the Almond brothers, Devin Almond, Dwayne Betts, Barry Oakley Jr., they're probably the biggest metalheads I've ever met in my life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, is like I mean, they don't they I mean, they're doing their own music. They're not playing their dad's music, they're torn as the Almond Betts band, but it's like they're I mean, they don't, what they play isn't everything they do or listen to. You know, it's like there's people out there who, uh, I feel a lot of them have identity crises too. For perfect example, artists who start out big, like John Mayer with Room for Squares, he was petrified that he was going to be labeled as this acoustic pop guy the rest of his career, and that's why he came out with the trio, because he, he fell into the trap of categorization and was scared to death, going, oh my gosh, I can't do this my whole life. I'm a blues guitarist through and through, and boom. And ever since he came out with Continuum, I, commercial-wise, he hasn't won a Grammy since, which is kind of... It's kind of but that's just the industry I mean and if I the sad thing is if you're playing pop and you're playing three chords you have a pretty good chance of hitting top forty and winning a Grammy no discredit to anyone who does that because that's still artistry at its finest but I just feel like the the blues is something that's really kind of just overlooked now in today's you know recording you know world as a musician yourself what's your take on you know the the appreciation and attention that it's not getting before. I mean, it was, you know, those were awards that were done on live television. Now these are awards that are done two and a half, three hours before at a different venue, two and a half blocks away.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, I, I, I mean, I feel sometimes I feel sad about it because, look, sure. I mean, you say it, all these people with this great music and there's a lot of young people missing on that uh-huh. because today people don't really listen to records anymore. I mean, music is just a background noise while you're doing other stuff. But, uh, I, on the other hand, I say, look, probably that's, going to keep the the blues more, like more unique. Sure. I mean, you come mm-hmm. to it, it's like a different world. It's like a, a, a closed community that you start discovering, and then it's another world. And honestly, I I truly believe that all the uh, Grammy and fancy stuff and all those music videos and stuff, everything will fade. Only real stuff stay. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, you can still listen today to Son House, but there is uh, artists that popped out in the 90s and stuff that were playing pop music that disappeared. We don't even know who they are anymore. And and that's why I I tell my wife all the time, that look, I mean, I don't make big money with this music, but I know that probably after I'm going to, die
0: will
1: live on actually to to, for the next generations and that's why and look i mean like i said i don't think too much about it and even i mean the 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 the, the blues foundation and stuff like that Mm -hmm. they are so close i mean it's always always pretty much the same people and i was not really aware of this until i uh met uh i don't know if you know Corey harris yeah Okay, so Corey Harris is a uh, is an acoustic blues artist. Okay, he was the uh, he was the uh, the presenter and the guy that traveled in Martin Scorsese's movie, oh, wow. uh, uh, the Blues, where he goes. He starts in the Mississippi, plays with Taj Mahal and all that, and he oh, goes wow. to Africa. Wow where he plays with Ali Farkaturri and stuff like that. He, he lived actually pretty much in Africa, speaks a lot of uh, native uh, tongues there. Uh, he's, he's pretty much a great, great artist. I loved him at Martin for so long. We got the chance to, to meet on internet. So we became good friends. So we, we talk and stuff like that. Sure. And he exposed me to another version of the blues, which is a lot of black artists were left out. And also, the real traditional blues doesn't get the recognition it deserves. It, it, it deserves. So it's, you have to be more rock and roll. And I remember when I started uh, playing, and uh, I think it was before I released Catfish Blues, it was, uh, I just like, had a song called Mississippi Blues back then, an acoustic song. And I was approached by a uh, small label uh, from California, mm-hmm. from uh, mm-hmm. San Diego, I believe. And they said, "Look, I mean, we'll sign you. You'll make a record with us, blah blah blah. But we have to say that you're a rock. We cannot uh... say the blues because the blues won't sell. People won't listen to your stuff.
0: That's frustrating." I said, "Okay,
1: fine. So let's let's do it." I mean, that, I was young, you know. I was just ex- excited to. In the end, it turned out very catastrophic because uh, they didn't have the money they promised me. Mm. They they couldn't uh, they couldn't do anything. So then I decided to said, "You know what I'm gonna do." I'm just gonna stop everything, and I I called the guy. I said, "Look, uh, I want to cancel the contract." Said, oh, you can't. Blah blah blah. We signed that together. I said, "Bro, I mean, you can't offer me anything."
0: Right, you gotta follow through. <laughs> I, I can't.
1: I can't sign a contract with you, and then I have to pay for everything, even my tour and stuff. I have to pay wow. everything. It's not wow. normal. So then in the end, it's okay. You know, what, Altman? good luck. I got the phone. I said, "What I'm gonna do? What I'm gonna do?" Then I put my put like a little label, little uh-huh. label, uh-huh. just for my music. Uh-huh. I said, "You know what? I'm gonna do this to push and promote myself." Good stuff. for you, man side uh, their records uh, since then I release all my stuff on, on that little label and and i promote everything when i go on tour i do my own tours everything is independent
0: hustle man it's not I don't work... sorry I said it's got that hustle that's insane
1: yeah it's not like i don't want to work with people it's just sure. that people don't want don't give what they promise yep. and uh that that that's that's why it's frustrating that's, like i said i mean in in the end the blues scene will survive no matter what happens. Certainly. and I'm also happy to see a lot of uh, uh, young black people coming back to the blues because I mean, people will be listening to Public Enemy and they don't know that they're listening to blues music. Then, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, you have all this old school rap and hip hop. It's, it's full, of, filled with blues or blue stuff. Yeah. So today, going back to the blues and and understanding the blues for me, it's, it's very important also because it's still an Amer- African American. Uh, genre and, and it has to survive that way, and of course it is. I am I'm, I'm in love with a lot of white artists, and like I told you, John Hammond Jr. and Ray Cooter. I mean, these people are are a big influence uh, for me. But I want also the blues to, to 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 be played by young black people, mm-hmm. and and they can also vehicle or let's say they can speak about the problems they live and sure. and of course what the blues is mm-hmm. and just to 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 a little bit. Uh, uh, cut ties with that uh hip hop scene today of sex, drugs and, and money roll. and cars. And I mean it's stupid. Yeah, I'm sorry, it's but crazy. It, it is stupid. I, yeah, it is literally I, I, ridiculous. We have, we have there is so much things to talk about. Yeah. And that's why I love the blues also, because mm-hmm. you know, even the songs, love songs, are so are so classy. I mean, in a way. I mean, even when they get like really dirty, they're still, they're still classy. Poetic. Yeah. There's something, you know. I mean the music today it's just a bunch of noises and stuff. And I love electronic music and stuff, but I don't like a lot of stuff I hear, I don't I don't listen to today. Sure. But, uh, but I still listen to old pop music too. I mean, uh, for me there's songs by George Michael or, or Michael Jackson that yeah. are awesome.
0: Oh I mean, yeah, of course. Great,
1: great songs. But the new scene is just it just doesn't uh, doesn't do it for me. Even metal. I mean, even metal Really? I, I I didn't stop listening. I still listen to old school stuff, but the new scene for me I think they all play the same, same, that you hear the same sound. I mean, for me it's the same, it's like like one band playing everything. Uh, Also uh, here in Montreal, uh, the metal scene started like becoming very, uh, uh, there's a lot of uh, racism going into it. So, and it's, it drove me like away from it. I was like, you know what? Look, I don't fit in. Like when you go to a show and you don't feel comfortable and stuff like oh,
0: that. Oh, it's that the case, worst but, feeling.
1: Yeah, you know. So that's why I try to to to, to stick to my my to music of my 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 forefathers, let's say. You know, the blues and jazz and uh, the music that speaks to me, and also the music that I can tell stories mm-hmm. with.
0: Yeah, no. Now you said obviously you're up yeah. in Canada right now, correct? Mm-hmm. Um, You know, there's some there's actually some nice blues communities up there too, from what I heard. I talked to someone back in the summer, um, Vancouver, British Columbia, they have a pretty, um, tight blue scene over there where you are right now in Canada. What is the blues community like as far as, uh, is it goes? Is it, is it small niche or is it relatively large?
1: No, it, it, it's, it's very small. Actually, uh, it's very small and closed. Sure. So it's, uh, I mean, at at one point I, I I started to play, but I had trouble f- to fit in with them. Mm. And I mean, there is some artists that I'm, I consider friends today. Uh-huh. I mean, there is Pat Loisel, who's a great artist, a very cool guy. I I really love that guy. Uh, there is a an old school, legendary harmonica player here named. Uh, his name is Paul Archer. But beside that, the rest of the guys, I mean. They're great artists and stuff, but it's like the same people, Mm -hmm. same people. So we have um, Blues Awards called Lease Blues. Oh, wow. They always give them to the same people. Uh, The Montreal Blues Foundation. I mean, I keep contacting them all the time. Uh And it's like, they are, I mean, they answer me, hey, you know what? You can, we can, we can post that you have a new record coming out, but that's it. I mean, zero support. I get more support from the uh, Iowa Blues Foundation uh, that's uh, led by Steve Vasquez. That actually uh, promoted my music for a month. I spoke wow. to me like we did an interview every weekends uh, together and stuff like that. I was like, man, why is it not that way here in Canada? <laughs> so in, and what I did is I, uh, I start playing more with folk artists sure. and rock bands. And it's pretty cool. I mean, there's a very, very good, uh, very good musicians here. And I met a lot of good people. So that's how I play. When I play here, I don't really go to blues venues anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't really talk to blues fans anymore. I mean, I'm more into uh, folk, like I play with like folk bands and stuff like that. And what happened is when their fans come to watch the show, and they listen to my music, you got a
0: whole new audience now.
1: and, And they love it. I mean, some people don't even know I'm playing the blues, but a lot of people are like intrigued when they hear bottleneck, harmonica, the rawness of the blues and, and songs that I mean that are coming from the twenties and right. stuff like yeah. that. So that's what I do today.
0: Yeah, no, I absolutely love that. Now with the pandemic and everything like that, um, gosh, I wish uh we were run like Canada's run with Trudeau. I think he's done a phenomenal job. Um but how I mean, they really clamp down up there. When did when did like live playing stop for you up in up in Canada? Um, well,
1: at uh, the beginning of the uh, the year, actually, it's pretty much around March. Mm-hmm. March, we had like I had a no, actually a- April. My last gig was for was April, oh, wow. and I had to cancel that gig, mm-hmm. so that was my last one. We were playing with a, with a with a with an acoustic uh, artist. Uh, he plays like uh, country and rock and stuff like sure. that. So we had to cancel the show. But we said, hey, we'll probably be able to book other stuff. Uh-huh. Never happened after.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> it's been closed since then. I mean, they opened some venues and stuff like that, but it was so poor. I mean, people didn't go. Then people were scared and stuff like that. Sure. And you know, also Canadians were—we are very—we respect the guidelines. So a lot of people. I mean, we are not like what you see in France and stuff like that, where people yeah. are just going wow. on the street with masks and stuff like that. I mean, people are very, very—we're uh, very disciplined here, and that's created the fact that. Venues and stuff couldn't keep up.
0: Rightfully so. So we're waiting.
1: So I'm just doing my stuff and creating music, and we'll see what's gonna happen. So once everything is open, we'll be able probably to book other stuff. Awesome. And uh, maybe uh, I was I was planning a uh, a little tour in Europe, but uh, everything has to be had to be postponed. So I was planning maybe I'm doing some shows in France and Germany and Spain. But we'll see. We'll see how things go in twenty twenty two, and uh, it's kind of, I'm pretty sure it's gonna to go to twenty twenty two because there is no way we can do everything in one year. Yeah,
0: no, it's, wait- it's
1: still. It's still gonna be. Uh, we're still gonna be feeling what's going on right now.
0: Absolutely. Now, have you guys done any live streams at all or anything like that?
1: No, what we did actually is like we had live recordings that we streamed after, but we didn't God do you. a live streaming. No, what I did is I uh, I had like I did a. Uh, something called Quarantine Jam, mm-hmm. where I just play like play music with my guitar posted. And I did like two songs with uh, with one of my friends called Casablanca Kid. He's a uh, great, great harmonica player. Uh, he's Moroccan living in Spain. Actually, he lived in Belgium and then now uh, he, he moved to Spain. And we did an album together. So uh, Altman Wahabi and Casablanca Kid. So we have like a record together and That's stuff awesome. like that. So we did two songs. We did Catfish Blues, and we covered a Jolly Hooker song called uh, "My Father Was a Jockey." And uh, beside that, I've been doing music myself and putting it online. But no, I don't do live streams. The reason why is because I'm always worried that something will go wrong with the internet or yeah, or you don't have the time to come and watch and stuff like that. So I'd rather do it after, and people sure. will just watch.
0: Them. But yeah. maybe
1: who knows? Maybe I'll do something. Uh, yeah. Maybe-
0: No, I got you. The one thing I've learned from that, though, is like I've talked to people on here who they felt with the live streams like they found a whole different audience, too, because we're at the point now where I don't think we've really appreciated how much how like how special music is, because throughout this crazy year, it's like if there wasn't music. There's no way in heck any of us get through it. So it's like I think we all appreciate and understand how much, you know, and how special live music really is. Um, And they've told me that when they've done their live streams, they've they've picked up a whole different audience that never even heard of them before. But since there's live music going on. You're going to want to check it out, which I thought was pretty interesting. I mean, you're. Yeah,
1: that's, that's that's something probably I will I will check out. Yeah,
0: yeah. that's for sure. I mean, you're... But also
1: just being being at home and having all the time to promote my stuff.
0: Yes, of course.
1: It, I, I, I got also a new audience and uh, and also because my music became more spiritual in a way. Mm-hmm. And I Definitely. speak about like I have political topics and stuff like that. So I, I, I got that like an audience that really wants to hear stuff like that. Because at one point, you know, like I had people even contacting me. Like, hey, man, I would just want—I loved when you you were just re- writing about whiskey and women.
0: That's the best.
1: Hey, man, look, I'm I'm, I'm maturing. I'm an artist. I'm a father now and stuff Absolutely. like that. There's things, there's that, topics that I want to sing about. I'm a pretty spiritual guy. I I'm also uh, look. I mean, social injustice bothers me, so mm. I like to put it in music. And I say, hey, I mean, when my kids or my grandkids will listen to my albums, I'll be probably dead and gone. They listen to my records, they're like, hey, you know what? My grandfather was a cool dude and he up. Yeah, stood you
0: leave him with, with a message.
1: And that's that's why. That's why. But I had some trouble because some of my fans stopped listening to my music because they didn't they didn't feel the new vibe. Sure. But
0: mm-hmm. then I
1: got new fans that really feel what I what I do today because I think today my music is more is more mature and mm-hmm. uh, and I, I, I sing about things I live, I sing about things I feel and about what I see and I witness. Absolutely.
0: Now I'm sure having a a kid certainly is a big part of that. How, how, how much of a difference and how, um, huge of an influence has being a father had on your, you know, most recent songwriting? My father? Yeah. you being a father.
1: Oh, me. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Well, first of all, uh, I have a song uh, called Rama, which is the name of my daughter. And, uh, it's 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 a, it's a different perspective because sure. everything i write i think about my kids and their kids i was like they're going to listen to this right. so i have to do something great that they're going to enjoy later mm-hmm. and that's what i do so uh and also i i'm more mellow so it mellowed me down to to be a of father course. and uh, uh it's it's just it's just a, it's just a weird feeling i mean i can't i can't really describe it but it has it has like a big influence on the music I make today. My new record, the Blues Whisperer. Yeah, I love it. I mean, was was written. I was in Europe when I wrote a lot of the songs, but 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 the the music was composed in Canada, at home, and stuff like that. And look, see my daughter running in front of me and That's stuff awesome. like that. It did it did inspire a lot of things and uh, and that feeling and you know, there's a lot of uh, there is sure. a lot of uh, yeah. sadness, but at the same time happiness. And uh, so I tried to vehiculate all that in this record.
0: No that's awesome. And I was li- listening to a lot of your uh, earlier stuff too on uh, Bandcamp today. I love that site. Um like Rogue State, I absolutely love 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 that track. Love it. Like oh, it starts out like it was uh start it's like it remind me of like an old school rap spoken word blues type of thing because once yeah. you start to have like that that uh that spoken word stuff start coming in over the the melody and stuff. i was like what the heck is this I'm like this is cool I, I like how you intertwine the 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 genres and you know morph into yeah, something because that, different that's
1: that's 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 what i said i, I hear i love it everywhere. yeah and i try to i mean i love i love old school hip-hop that's mm-hmm. why sometimes you hit, hear beats and stuff my like music sure. and uh, rogue state that that record there's rock state and the song after poverty are very hip hop old school love it. but at the same time very bluesy and uh and it's for me to show that my love for 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 both styles mm-hmm. and also how when you mix them it becomes one style
0: right it's just music yeah. at the end of the day
1: yeah i mean and you know one of the rappers that's a that's a big 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 blues fan is uh chuck d from public enemy oh okay so chuck d is a huge blues fan and he uh even did a documentary about that and uh and his music the public enemy music has a lot of blues influence people listen to it's like i don't like blues hey buddy you listen to blues when you listen to Uh, wu-tang clan you listen to blues when you listen to public enemy you listen to blues you know that's that's what it is that's awesome that's Uh, what it
0: is no i thought it was funny too because there was a kenny wayne shepherd ran into that same uh kind of experience too when five finger death punch put out a cover of blue on black they uh he freaked out. He goes, I didn't know what, like, I didn't know you listened to this stuff. And so then they called him back and they had Kenny Wayne Shepherd and Noah Hunt re-record it with them uh, in the studio. So five finger death punch, then put out another version of the song with Kenny Wayne and Noah Hunt in the studio. And uh, it was just kind of funny cause blue on black. Then again, here it is. Number one on the blues rock charts for the first time in Crazy. 20 you know, Crazy. plus years, which was, it was Crazy. awesome to see these genres kind of collide and, you know, yeah, it's just absolutely. there's absolutely. nothing better to see that, and the one track that I really dig a lot off of uh earlier stuff was uh bluesfield that it's called bluesfield it was uh one of your tracks it was uh let me see it was yeah I had it written down as bluesfield it's on here um blues let's see let me go back to the band camp here we go.
1: Uh, what record was
0: it? Yes, yes, yes. It was on the Deep Blues record. It was called uh, Blues That's what it was. Blues Bluesified, uh, Blues Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I love that yeah, track. So blue- Absolutely love yeah. it. It reminded me a lot of I don't know if you know who Citizen Cope is. No. You have to check out Citizen Cope. You would love it. Um, gave me a lot of that and a lot of Gary Clark Jr. And it felt like it. I felt like I was listening to a male version of Nina Simone or Simon oh I mean that the voice it just gosh it's just amazing I mean it just shows you how diverse you really are and I, I absolutely love love all your stuff new music the blues whisperer um I always love songs like this because um every time I hear this type of rhythm and melody i automatically assume hoochie Gucci man when you started it like i got the feet going my my you know my hands clapping what is it about uh you you know that track was it was your goal to make it a super traditional blues style of a song because it's the most traditional blues style song i feel off this new record
1: yeah well the uh the the the, the thing is I like to mix both things. Yeah. So you see for example, you, you were talking about bluesified in the in the, the blues record. Yeah. And after bluesified there's like a traditional song. I always like to put traditional blues somewhere mm-hmm. because sometimes you have some people that uh when you just play traditional blues they don't want to listen to it.
0: Oh yeah. At one point they
1: feel it's like it becomes boring and stuff. So what mm-hmm. I do I always have that thing where I put a song that will very very catchy then I put the traditional blues. Mm-hmm. So sometimes people they listen is like whoa like yesterday uh I had a friend that listened to the blues whisperer and he's like when when the traditional track uh track came in actually the uh, telephone the boss he's like wow this one is very powerful which yeah. is like the mm-hmm. the tradi- most traditional track of the record mm-hmm. and he felt that it was the most powerful track because it's very it's stripped from everything just guitar and my voice
0: very intimate and i
1: love to do that i like to to have that 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 two words collide where like traditional blues, and also when I play like let's say the opening song uh, "Babylon's Falling," where I have my slide guitar, but I also have that feeling of like a, a deep um, swampy electric guitar, yeah, yeah. And, uh, just to give it like a create an at- like an atmosphere, you know, like an ambient sound. That's 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 why it's called a trance blues, where like you close your eyes and you drift oh, yeah. with the from beginning to end it's not a, it's not a record you can just throw in a song listen to it and stop you have to no 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 yeah. relax at night put the record on on your head headphone you know turn off the lights and then you just you just drift
0: go to a different state of mind and just listen absolutely. to it yeah and i mean there's a lot of uh too and i i don't know i just i absolutely love love the record i got a lot of er, like the first black keys album a lot of vibes from that too Oh. On this awesome. one, Thank so Thanks for the um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I I just absolutely love it. I mean, I, I can't say more about it. I love the "Not to Chicago" off of uh, the the Blues Whisper too. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, right. no, man, it's just it's just absolutely great music. And I do want to go back to a point where you're talking about um, movies. You were just listening to movies, and you would be so focused on you know the music inside the movie. Have you ever considered you know scoring? cinema because there's some people that like Andrew Bird uh he was just on Mark Maron's podcast this this week uh WTF and that's what he does he's a composer he does film scores and stuff like that where literally what they do is they'll send you you know the film with nothing there's just no music on it and you listen to that and then you know you're you're laying down tracks and stuff like that is that something that's ever popped into your mind because certainly with <laughs> which what you told me earlier i mean i think that'd yeah. be the perfect fit for you
1: all the time all the time the problem is i didn't get the offer sure it's like i really want to do that mm-hmm. and you saw, you see what happened with the catfish blues video is that when the song came out it was uh, put on the um, uh, uh, video actually from the movie black snake moan mm-hmm. And uh, people thought that the song was part of the original soundtrack. Oh, wow. So what happened is they've been going and they're like, I get messages. Hey, I just bought the Black Snake Moon soundtrack and your song is not in it. I was like, I am sorry. It was just yeah. uh, a montage, you know, to, to make it like uh, stuff. I got a message from Paramount Vantage and they said, you know what? You can keep using the video. Sure. It's, not, it's mm-hmm. cool. As long as you see the rent thing and they get their, their, their part of the, the royalties or let's say. What happened with that movie is that I said, you know what, I should score movies. But there you go. Never, unfortunately, the offer was never given to me. The opportunity was not given to me. But is it something? it's, it's something I wanted to do. I, at one point, I had talks with uh, one of my friends that's a producer. He, he does like documentaries and stuff. He did a documentary two years ago about uh, Chuck D and Public Enemy and stuff like that. And he was going to do a record about slavery, uh, the history of slavery in Morocco. Oh, wow and it's like hey man i see you scoring this you'll be the best for it and stuff but we're still waiting for the project and uh, for now it's uh, it's postponed i don't know when but if it happens that will be one of the one of the one of the things i have on my bucket list is to to score music and i i say to everyone if you have a, a short movie or a big movie or whatever come my way i'll make the music you want for it and uh, and yes i'm uh, i'm very interested by that
0: that's awesome man now with your new record coming out january 15th where can people uh you know get a hold of this
1: everywhere so uh, on january 15th the record will be on every single platform uh it's pretty much digital because a lot of records are digital nowadays sure i will i will have hard copies on shows only from now so when when of course the, the live shows will resume and stuff, I'll have hard copies. Also you can purchase hard copies by contacting me on my email, mm-hmm. Othman Wahhabi Music at Outlook.com. So I can I can ship you a copy.
0: Awesome stuff. Well, Othman Wahabi, Thank you very much. I appreciate it, man.
1: My pleasure. My pleasure. Thank you very much for everything. Take care.
0: Alrighty, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. That was my interview with the great Othman Wahabi. Be sure to check out his new record, The Blues Whisperer, out on all streaming platforms January 15th. Be sure to do it. Support him, support the blues, support live music and the musicians who give us so much joy during tough times like this. The past nine months, like I talked to him in the interview, what would we have done if music didn't exist? We'd be losing our minds. So I think the pandemic for me personally has uh, created a greater appreciation to all musicians out there because they've gotten us through a really, really tough time. So please be there, support Oathman and all of his music endeavors, and do so on January 15th when his new record, The Blues Whisper*, drops on all platforms. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you next week on the Monday Morning Blues. Stay safe and be well.